Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back. Tutel Nuanez minus the Tutel. Plus the Nuanas. I'm better looking anyways. And in case you're watching, you're watching on SWX Montana. If you're listening on the radio, you already know. It's 1029 on your dial. And if you're listening on the live stream, maybe you can check us out on the radio. That's an easy way to do it, especially if you're driving around town. But if you're listening on the live stream, thank you. And you already know you can find it, 1029ESPN.com. That live stream presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity Ryan Tutel's out. Coulter Nuanas, I'm here. I'm giving you everything you need to know about the weekend that was when it comes to uh, state championship football. Uh, in a couple moments here, we're going to hear from Mike Cutler. He's the head coach at Flint Creek. Uh, I guess I should say the former head coach at Flint Creek because Mike Cutler, he rides off in the sunset, leads the Titans to a championship at the Class C eight-man level, and uh, then he retires right after the game. So congratulations to him. 
But if you want to give us a call, just as Mike Cutler will momentarily, give us a call on the Regish Brothers RV phone line. That's 361-3688, 361-3688. You can also text us as well. Any feedback, comments, questions you got for the show as we continue to give you the best that was over the state, uh, throughout the state of Montana over the weekend. Uh, three ch- state champions crowned, and now all of a sudden now football season is in the books. So for the record, here we go. Missoula Sentinel Spartans, Class AA state champions, they beat Billings West 24-15. That's the Spartans' first state title since 1972. The Laurel Locomotives, they beat Billings Central 34-0. That means Laurel, Class A ch- state champions for the first time since 2002 in Class B. Manhattan, they win their first state championship, uh, which is a, a crazy result. I thought that uh, given the tradition and the success that Manhattan had had, I thought for certain that they would have won a state championship at some point in their history. But they've definitely they've played for some, but they did had never won one until their 23-6 victory over Fairfield in Fairfield on Saturday. And at the Class C eight-man level, it was Flint Creek. They won 44-6 over Scobie to secure their third state title in the last four years. Uh, and at the Class C six-man level, it was Freud Lake taking down White Sulphur Springs, so their first state championship in a long time as well. So uh, we saw in volleyball, state volleyball this year, an extension of plenty of dynasties and actually maybe a hiccup in a couple. You saw Helena Capital win their third straight. Billing Central won for the third time in four years. Hutley Project, who's won seems like every freaking Class B championship in the last 15 years, they actually got taken out by Joliet. And then Manhattan Christian, the defending champs, they also lost to Bridger. But there was a lot of traditional powers there. But in the football ranks, Sentinel, a historic once-in-a-generation victory. Laurel, first time in almost two decades. Manhattan, first time in their school's history. And Freud Lake, the first time in their school's history. But... The one extension of a dynasty came as the Flint Creek Titans. Man, they just rolled people. 678 points for them, 72 points against them. And as you'll hear Mike Cutler, he he actually he mentioned to me their varsity defense only gave up 36 points this whole season. So that is an, a, an amazing run. Cade Cutler, the star of this one, he did it all. He returned a kick for a touchdown. He had a variety of offensive touchdowns, whether it was throwing them, running them, catching them. He does everything for Flint Creek. He's a real deal Division One guy. He's headed to Montana State next year to play for Jeff Choate, and he is the coach's son. So what a moment for the coach and his kid to be able to celebrate a third championship in four years, the third championship in four years overall for the co-op. Because remember, Drummond had a mighty dynasty back in the early 2000s up through the early 2010s with the likes of Chase Reynolds and a variety of young men with the last name Big Nell. And they won, I think, six state championships, three straight, and then 2007, 2009, and then one in the 2010s as well. And uh, then when they the, the numbers were dwindling and they needed to go to a co-op, and so fierce rivals, and we've seen this across Montana, a lot of different small towns that have had age-old rivalries have had to combine and ally forces. And Drummond and Phillipsburg were one of those towns, and they made it happen, and here they are now, Class C state champs for the third time in four years. And so Cade Cutler caps his Titans career with a state championship. Now he'll take his talents to Montana State. And Mike Cutler, he decides he's going to retire after this state championship. So here we are, Mike Cutler, head coach at Flint Creek. 
We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in the head coach of the Flint Creek Co-op. That's Drummond and Phillipsburg, if you haven't been paying attention. But more importantly, the state champions of Class C eight-man Mike Cutler. This is our Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank. And Coach, first of all, state champions once again. Must sound pretty good. How you feeling today? Congratulations. Oh, it does sound pretty good, and, and thank you. Um, you know, it, <laughs> winning never does get uh, uncomfortable, so, you know, we were pretty excited, fortunate to have that win on Saturday against an extremely good football team, and, and uh, you know, we're humbled by the win and, and uh, thankful that we were able to even play in that game considering what, you know, everybody had to kind of go through this fall. It is amazing, and it's a testament to everybody in Montana that we were able to make it through a full fall sports season. I know a lot of us were skeptical if we were going to be able to do it, but we made it happen. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't you an administrator there at Phillipsburg as well? Well, I used to be. I I retired from the superintendency two years ago, so this is my second school year without being an administrator, and boy... (laughs) I thank my lucky stars that I retired at the right time. <laughs> right. I was going to ask you what are the challenges as a minister because I think that, you know, even though all the people I've talked to in that role, it's been quite a quite a deal navigating the, these strange times. But nonetheless, you, let's talk about your team. I mean, you guys now uh, state champions for the third time in four years. I know in the old saying in sports goes, the only thing harder than winning a championship is winning multiple in a row with the same group of guys. And I know last year you had to dip, but then you bounced back with one this year. So what has this run been like for you overall? What's gone into it? How are you guys have been able to do it? Well, number one, it's been, it's been fantastic for sure. Um, but, you know, all the all the hard work these kids put through and, and the assistant coaches is the reason why we're, we were able to win that game. You know, I, it's the old cliche of the, you know, championship not one during the season and that and that couldn't be any that, that's 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 the truth and um you know our kids were uh dedicated to putting in the work from from march i was able to as soon as everything was shut down this spring i was able to take all the weight room equipment out of our weight room and put it in my heated garage so our kids did not miss a beat six o'clock in the morning four days a week and then agility at night and they just put the time in and 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 i, I really believe that when you do that, you put yourself in a position to be successful, and, and these kids did that. We're sitting here in Missoula, Montana, and it was a historic championship for Sentinel, and they got a lot of hype, a lot of pub this entire year for just how much they were outscoring opponents. But I think that anybody that's listening that wasn't paying close attention to Flint Creek, you need to realize that the Titans were routing people each and every week as well. I'm looking at the statistics right now. 658 points scored, only 76 allowed. And cap it off with a 44 to six win in the state championship game over Scobie. So, coach, that dominant of an effort—that's pretty amazing. What are the factors though that went into it? I mean, how are you guys able to dominate opponents so thoroughly from start to finish? Well, it, 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 it comes back to the kids again. You know, we have a system that's very disciplined on defense, um, and, and we talk about that. And, and on offense, we just kind of pounded the people and and wear people out. I, I think we were the most physical team that that uh, was on the field at any point this year um, when it comes to the eight-man game. And, you know, those those things just pay off. You know, our defense, um, you know, it says 72 points, but our, our varsity defense only gave up 32 all year. So that's that's pretty incredible. And, and when you only give up 30 point, 32 points a year varsity-wise, 
um, it makes it a little easier to score points. And, um, you know, when you have the athletes that, that we were able to have and, and the work that they put in, those kind of, those kind of numbers um, are possible. 32 points in a 12-game season. For those of you out there that aren't good at doing the math, that's less than three points per game. That's pretty incredible. Uh, Co- Coach, talk about some of your athletes. I know that uh, one of your main playmakers this entire year was your son, your captain, Cade Cutler. He's headed to Montana State to play football for Jeff Choate. We've had him on this show a couple times. He's a great kid. Love talking to him. It's been really fun covering his career. But for you, as a father and a head football coach, what was it like watching your son be one of the leaders of your team and win a state championship together? That was incredible. There's no doubt about it. And, and uh, you know, at times you get caught up in being the coach and you don't necessarily, you know, paying attention to the things that Cade was doing. Um, I got to enjoy those on Sundays when I would, or, or Saturdays, whatever it may be, to when we did the stats off the video and stuff. I got to enjoy that then. I wasn't paying much attention to it during the game and so on and so forth. But when it was all said and done, you know, Cade, Cade's athleticism and his, his – um, the way he plays football speaks for itself, and um, it was a pleasure to be a part of it and coach him, and, and I'm surely looking forward to the, the next chapter for him and, and his athletic career up at you know, Montana State under the direction of Jeff Choate. Give us a couple highlights from the rest of your roster. I know you had some pretty darn good seniors. I know the Metesh brothers were, were good leaders for you as well, but what other things, what other personnel went into accomplishing the state championship run? Well, there's about 10 or 12 kids that played a tremendous role in, in the varsity part of our schedule. Um, you know, the, the Medish kids, are, like I said before, they're just dirt tough. You know, you could pull their fingernails out with a, you know, with a <laughs> pair of pliers, and I don't think they would flinch. It just that's the way they are. You know, they're small in stature, but huge on heart and, and toughness. And, 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 of course, you know, they uh, stats and all those things, you know, they, they come to the forefront. But... We had a bunch of kids that, that just did great things that don't get noticed, you know, with uh, Ethan Park as our tight end and defensive end and Tucker Weaver being a defensive tackle. And then Trevor Morrissey was an addition to our team this year. and He uh, really molded into our defensive um, scheme. You know, Leighton Wagner played a little bit of wide receiver and, and was an all-conference um, outside linebacker for us. And then, you know, up front with Mason Grace and Cordell Langton. Cordell Langton was the, our nose guard, and he was the MVP of our entire league when it comes to defense. So that tells you a little bit about Cordell Langton and how tough he is. And a couple of those kids that I just mentioned are juniors, and so the future is bright for them as well. So, you know, Cade was a big part of it, but by, mo- by no means was he uh, the major part of it. But, you know, in the Medish boys and all those kids that I listed, uh, John Langton, our center, you know, didn't play a lot of defense, but he was our undersized center that just got it done for us all year long. So just kids like that um, that, that were fantastic for us. Mike Cutler joining us. He's the head coach at Flint Creek Drummond Phillipsburg Co-op. They just won their third eight-man state championship in the last four seasons. It is our coach's corner presented by Opportunity Bank, Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And, Coach, we kind of buried the lead here. We wanted to make it all about the kids, but you announced your retirement after the game, and uh, what a way to go out, a third state championship in four years. So tell us just about everything that went into that decision uh, to to make this be your last game as the head coach at Flint Creek. Well, how about this? Let's keep it about the kids because it was never about me. So, you know, <laughs> it was just time for me. 
And so, you know, all, all I was just blessed. Um, I wished all coaches could be blessed with the, the kids that I've been able to coach and the parents that these kids come from. And, you know, um, I, I, I was the lucky one and the fortunate one for sure. It is a fascinating dynamic because uh, I remember growing you know, I grew up in Missoula and I was in high school about the same time that Jim Oberweiser really got it rolling at Drummond. And those teams, those early 2000s teams highlighted by Chase Reynolds and a couple other outstanding guys that went on to play Division One football, uh, those guys were the stuff of legend. And I, I remember they, quite honestly, they changed the game in Montana. I mean, I think the, the running clock was initially instituted because of those drumming teams in the mid in the mid 2000s and chase reynolds his records are amazing they're going to stand for a long time and alex verlanik was a great player as well but then even after those guys graduated Drummond maintained their dominance they kept winning state championships i think they won one in 07 09 um and the winning program that was there was second to none in the state of Montana. So, Coach, tell us about just the transition that that was like when, when the Phillipsburg co-op starts up and the Phillipsburg kids start coming to Drummond. What was it like kind of rebranding, rebuilding the program when the, the singular town of Drummond had had so much success? Well, you know, I, I, I can't speak for Drummond's success, but, you know, it speaks for itself for sure. But I will tell you this, that, um, one of the people that was as, as uh, responsible for any of that success that doesn't get any accolades, his name is J.C. Holland. He was an assistant coach, and he had anything as much to do with those those success years as anybody. And um, so that that needs to be noted for sure, you know. And Drummond's, you know, tradition speaks for itself. Phillipsburg did for a long time back in the 80s and, and so before that, um and basically what it come down to is both schools were about to go to six now. The numbers were gotten so bad that uh, both communities were looking at playing six man. And that rival, as hard as it, as heat as it was, both communities really didn't want to play any, have anything to do with six man. And I'm not being disrespectful for six man at all. They just would rather stay in the eight man. And so the only choice there was to um, bring the teams together and, you know, that was seven years ago, and um, you know there were some t- trials and tribulations throughout that process, and a lot of a lot of times it was you know um, parents that might have got late hit out of bounds in the 1940s that just couldn't let it go kind of thing. I'm not jokingly, but but you know what I mean. It, 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 a lot of that stuff was was had nothing to do with the kids, and and once they figured out that the whole thing's about the kids. That changed the script, and, and both communities have really supported the Titans. And um, you know, we've had as crazy as it sounds, we've had either four and four starters from each community or five and three mixed every year from the very beginning. And um, so, you know, both communities complemented each other for, for sure. And, and uh, the kids were all about forming a co-op from the get-go. And slowly but surely, as we started to see the success on the field, the parents and the community um, really got behind that, that team. One of the most fascinating parts about covering high school sports in Montana to me is the way that each individual town in Montana has had to define and redefine what it's all about. You know, we've seen 
the rise and fall of certain industries. And there's towns in Montana where a lot of times the mine is what's keeping it open or the mill is what's keeping it, uh, you know, keeping the town thriving. And sometimes when those entities go away, you see a little bit of a dip in population. And sometimes the sports teams um, see an impact from that as well. But these two towns, it seems like they've maintained their identity as communities as well. So what sort of factors do you think the towns of both Drummond and Phillipsburg have that that cater to, to building tough kids that they do want to come out and play football that do want to compete and that are playing for communities that it seems like they obviously love. Well, I think it goes back to both those communities and the tradition of football, um, you know, and and the expectation that these kids are from from the very beginning when they play junior high and things like that. The expectation of of upholding that um, that tradition of toughness and. And I, I believe, and that's just the head coach's um, perspective, I believe we're the most physical team on the field uh, all year, all year in 2017, all year in 2018, and, and a lot of the time last year in 2019. And that's just what we hang our hat off. And we're going to physically whack you, whether we're on offense or defense. And our kids know that. And and uh, the other teams typically know about it around halftime as well. So. Set the scene for us at the end of that game. I know that the Drummond football field in itself is, is a legendary one because it's so close to the highway. You can watch the games even as you're just driving through town. But when when the final seconds were taken off the clock, Coach, what was that moment like for you and your team? Well, it, it was exciting for sure. You know, the, the clock was running there in the fourth quarter, and I looked, and, and, and it was nearly over. And I thought, man, i I got to get some of these JV kids in there. They need to experience this. So, we were able, fortunate enough to do that a little bit, and and then when we went into our victory formation, it was it was kind of a bittersweet, you know, that it, it's truly over and it, it's time to be over as far as my coaching career and and uh, and what a what a tremendous ending to um, all the work and the uh, dedication that these parents and these kids have put into this this program, and uh, you know, it was just pure bliss, pure joy. Quite an experience, especially to do it in a small town where everybody loves it. Awesome for you. Awesome for your kids. Congratulations on a great season this year, Coach. Congratulations to your kids as well. Something that's going to take a long time to do again. Three championships in four years for the Flint Creek Titans. Mike Cutler joining us. Coach, congratulations on the season. Congratulations on the championship. Congratulations on your retirement. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So there you go. Mike Cutler, head coach for the Flint Creek Titans, and now a retired coach with quite a resume. I will not be surprised. I know that he's been running that Flint Creek uh, co-op there since they they first went co-op. So it's not like he has this gigantic um, stretch of head coaching like some of the guys we've seen in the state with 30, 35, 40 years like Jack Johnson or or Ron Lebsock, guys like that. But uh, Cutler's been coaching football overall for a really long time, and – Three championships in four years. That ranks right up alongside anybody in the state of Montana. So congratulations to the Flint Creek Titans. Congratulations to Mike Cutler. It was a pleasure having us uh, having him join us. How about that tidbit, though? When I asked him about just navigating some of the challenges of uh, COVID, of this uh, pandemic we've all been going through, he said, well... Our kids didn't miss a beat. I set up the weight room in my garage, and we started pumping iron. And that's it's the beauty of small-town Montana, man. I tell you what, the fact is that 
Yeah, like he said, he had 12 guys that really contributed big roles on this team. They only needed eight. So you got 12, you got some depth. I think they suited up about 22, 23 guys. So that's a lot for an eight-man team, but pretty easy to check in to your workouts and make sure your guys are being accountable and, and uh, putting in the work that they need when all they got to do is just probably walk up the block from their house to your house and then pump some iron. You can make sure everybody's staying away from each other or, you know, hey, you guys have already been around each other. So get your workout in and, and get out of here. So yeah, you got to love small town Montana. But I do think there's a certain element there too. You know, That's why I asked him a question about the dynamic of the towns. I do think that in Montana, it's a state that's built upon and steeped in industry. And to me, it's not a coincidence. Like a town like Butte, the mining city, if you're an underground miner, a hard rock miner, or even open pit miner, you're tough. And the, the, the characteristic of toughness has always gone along with Butte. It's not a coincidence. The industry spurs on so many different things. We, we had Blaine McElmurray in here, former Grizz safety, who uh, is from Troy, Montana. He was on Montana's 1995 national championship team. You can go check it out. Uh, Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. It's our 25-part podcast series, proudly presented by First Security Bank and Blackfoot. In our episode with Blaine McElmurray, we were talking about what was going on in Troy when he was coming up in Troy, late 80s, early 1990s. To me, it's not a coincidence. The mine was rocking. So you had more people living in town. It increases the population. It's not just that miners are tough and miners have tough kids. It increases the population that you can draw from, but also just increases the exuberance of the town. When when the economy is going well, then sports are probably going to be going better because people have more time to invest in them, more money to invest in them. There's a little bit more affluency in the community. You have better resources. I think all those things go hand in hand. So I you know I think it's been fascinating to watch. Like a town like Dillon, it has the college, but Dillon to me is a town that's. It's sort of singular. It has its own little, it's like its own little world. It has its own little economy with multiple different factors that go into it. You do have some agriculture there. You have farms and ranches, but you also have some tourism because it's a great place to go fish. You have people coming from out of town to go fish. You have some tourism attractions, which are very quintessential Montana things like the rodeos and uh, you know the taco truck and uh, the Patagonia outlet. So there's a little bit of a thing that keeps a vibrant vibrance in the community. Uh, but I've always wondered, you know, when Mont- when Missoula was a mill town, uh, there was a lot of high school sports success. And as it's became lo- less of a town based on industry and more of a town based on first the university and then secondly, um, based and this is talking football too, by the way. I, I think the correlation is more directly made for football than anything else because I do think you've seen a lot of great athletes that have come up in a variety of different sports. And Missoula has had a lot of, of prep success on the high school sports level. Um, in everything but football. Football has been what's eluded the Missoula schools. But I just think that the dynamics are so fascinating when you talk about you know, coal strip, when the mine's going well, when coal itself, the industry of coal is doing well. Coal strip tends to be better at certain sports. But because of the identity of the town, it's no surprise, it's no coincidence that Colstrip is great at wrestling. I think that you can the, the sports that where toughness is a, a a giant element of it, I think you can tie it to it. And there's a lot of culture that goes into the success of youth sports. I mean, you, you look at Bozeman, for example. Bozeman's a great running town. A lot of runners in the town. Every day when you're driving around, no matter what time of year it is, you see people out there for a jog. 
It's not a coincidence to me then that Bozeman has one of the great cross-country dynasties in the history of the state of Montana. And it's it's on down the line, too. I mean, I think that there was a great influence on football and sports in general when the Air Force Base in Great Falls was rolling. And we could go on forever. And I'm actually, there's a little tease for something in the, the maybe near or maybe distant future. But I am I am embarking on a new project. And, and we'll give you more on it a little later on. But uh, I'm exploring writing a book. And it's about the way that the places that people in Montana come from influence what they became. Specifically from a football perspective. But I think there's a lot of other ways we can analyze it as well. Well, here we are, 90 minutes into the show, and we still haven't really given you a recap of the uh, Class B or Class C eight-man games, but we will do that, and I also have a bunch of thoughts, winners and losers, best and worst of the weekend, risers, fallers, and teams we don't know about in the NFL. It's 2 Tillin' and 1 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide, SWX Montana Television, NFL. Recap, analysis, winners and losers, next. Today's business phone systems are required to do more than just answer phone calls. A cloud-based or VoIP voice system from Blackfoot Communications simplifies your business communications while adding features and capabilities. Your staff, remote or in-house, can provide the service your customers expect. With zero upfront investment, your future phone system is available today. Call 541-5000 or visit blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas minus the two tell. I'm Nuanas, Coulter Nuanas, that is. We're broadcasting to you live from the ESPN studio here in Missoula, Montana. 1029 FM on your radio dial statewide on television, SWX Montana TV, and anywhere in the world on the live stream. Live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You can get that live stream by going 1029ESPN.com. If you missed anything in the show, we had a huge show for you so far. I shared interviews with a variety of people from the Missoula Sentinel Spartans. They captured their first state title since 1972. The first state title by a team from the city of Missoula since 1994. We heard from quarterbacks Camden Sermon and Dayton Bay. Uh, wide receiver and safety Jace Kluswich as well as Dane Oliver, head coach for Missoula Sentinel. We also heard at the top of the hour, Mike Cutler, head coach at Flint Creek. He led the Titans to the uh, Class C eight-man state title for the third time in four years. Uh, so uh, state championships around the state uh, got wrapped up this weekend. And uh, I wanted to highlight a couple more outstanding performances as an extension of our Treasure State Stars. We, usually, we do it once a week. We're going to give you four more Treasure State Stars because we highlighted all six of those guys from the Class AA level. Paul Brott, Neil Daly, and Jamin Medlock from Billings West. Jace Kluswich, Zach Cruz, and Dayton Bay from Missoula Sentinel. I wanted to touch on a couple of the others. First of all, Manhattan. They posted a 23-6 victory over Fairfield to earn their first ever 
state championship at the Class B level. And Gidry Giles, he is one of our Treasure State stars from Manhattan. He had an interception that he returned for a touchdown right after halftime. A defensive battle, and it's been two straight defensive battles for Fairfield. They went down to the wire with 4-0-0 after regulation, and they ended up winning that game 8-6 in the semifinals to punch their ticket to the state championship. And then in Manhattan, or I guess in Fairfield against Manhattan, they found themselves knotted uh, again in a defensive battle. It was 8-6 in Manhattan's advantage coming out of halftime. But the second half gets underway with Gidry Giles in a 29-yard pick six for a touchdown. So he's our Treasure State star number one from the Tigers. And number two, Cade Cutler, the do-everything quarterback for the Flint Creek Titans. He is a tremendous athlete. I think that sometimes when you have amazing playmaking type guys at these eight-man schools, you sit there and you're like, okay, well, how's this going to translate? The kid can run a little bit. You know, he can jump a little bit. But is he just a man amongst boys or you know, is, is this the real deal? You know, How is it going to translate to the D1 level? And it's always going to be tough, but there has been a lot of eight-man guys that have made it big at both Montana and Montana State. And I just got to think that Cade Cutler is going to have a shot to do it. I mean, he, he's an awesome athlete. He's six foot one, 195 pounds. He absolutely looks the part. And he was not just a, you know, man amongst boys at the eight-man level. He did it all. I mean, he, he was the quarterback. He was the safety. He was the kicker turner. He made big, big plays in big moments. And uh, he helped lead the Titans to a 44 to six victory over Scobie, his kick return uh, coming right out of halftime, or excuse me, coming early in the second quarter helped spark that 44 to six victory over Scobie 38 consecutive points for Cade Cutler. Uh, So a really impressive result by him and uh, a way to go out on top in his last high school game. He ended up with uh, scoring three touchdowns and intercepting two passes and, uh, a guy that rides off into the sunset, at least when it comes to his high school career, with three state championships. And what a way for him to do it as well. Not only does he have that huge day, uh, but he also then is a great picture, 406mtsports.com, of him hugging his father. And what a moment for those guys. Cade Cutler, his final high school game, played for his dad all along the way. And then Mike Cutler announces his retirement right after the game. And, uh, Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool to be able to share that moment with your dad. And I think those guys have a lot to be proud of. So congratulations to them. Our other two Treasure State stars, and just quickly, because I know we got to get into some NFL as well. Got to give it up for some coaches, man. First of all, Mike Cutler is a Treasure State star because congratulations on your retirement, Coach. You did a great thing and a hard thing. A lot of times it's really hard to get those small towns that are right by each other that then have to go co-op. There's a lot of old-school bad blood. I mean, what a great line that Mike Cutler had in his interview earlier on the show, and you can find it on the podcast if you missed it. But he said, at first, he had some parents that were bellyaching about a late hit that occurred in the 1940s. (laughs) Sometimes people are just so upset about things that are so far in the past rather than looking out for what's the best for the kids. So to be able to deal with all those politics and then to be able to to have a, a star player like Jackson Lee leave your program like he did last year and then get back on track and take your team all the way to the promised land for a third state title in four years can't understate how hard that is and how cool that was for uh, flint creek and way to right, right off in the sunset mike keller and then the last one it's got to go out to dane oliver dane oliver is an awesome asset to the city of missoula he does it the right way 
the program he's built at Missoula Sentinel is second to none. There's a variety of reasons. I will get into them throughout the rest of the week and maybe into next week as well as to why Missoula has struggled to find football glory for so long. But Sentinel, they did it. They did it the right way. That team was magic. They had talent, but they also had chemistry. They also fought for each other. They had unselfishness. And like Coach Oliver said, in a time and a day and age and a time when everybody's worried about the individual, the Sentinel Spartans worried about each other, and they brought people together, and that in itself is worth remembering. Hey, we're up against it. This is the most high school football we've ever done on Two Tell Nuanas. I'm so glad Ryan's not here because I know he loves it, but I nobody loves this stuff as much as I do. We are going to talk a little bit of NFL before we send you down into your evening and off to Tuesday. Monday Night Football coming up in a little bit here between the Rams and the Bucks. We'll talk about that game and some of the winners and losers from over the weekend. Two Tell Nuanas, NFL coming at you. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Playing you into the end of the show, Modest Mouse. In case you forgot, Isaac Brock is from Helena. He doesn't claim it, but he grew up there. Love me some Modest Mouse, man. Gosh, I cannot wait for live music to be back. It's just, of all the things that we've lost, man, living in Missoula, Montana, there's really nothing better than going to live concerts, any sort of show, live sporting events, man. And we haven't got to do it. So everybody out there, if you're in Missoula or in Montana or anywhere in the world, just promise me that when this all comes back, if we all get back to normal, who knows whatever normal is going to mean ever again. But I, I promise you, someday we'll be able to congregate, we'll be able to get together, be able to enjoy some music, be able to enjoy a beer, be able to enjoy a Grizz game, a Bobcat game. And if we do, let's not lose our humanity, people. Let the joy remain. That was the coolest part about Friday night, being on the field with the Sentinel Spartans. Feeling the emotion, feeling the joy, uh, the, everything that those kids accomplished. It is two tell Nuanas, two tell eight here. Nuanas is Coulter Nuanas broadcasting to you live, 1029 ESPN Missoula. And uh, we're going to steer this ship home with a little bit of NFL. If you're watching on TV, SWX Montana, thanks so much for those guys putting our beautiful faces, or at least one beautiful face. I'll let you figure out which one has, uh, owns the beautiful face on the TV. If you want to listen live anywhere in the world, hit up 1029 ESPN dot com 
Click on the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Miss anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. And if you missed anything, we had interviews from all, recapping all the Sentinels, great glory. Also had a Treasure State Stars, also had an interview with Mike Cutler, head coach, coach at Flint Creek. We're going to get a little bit into this a little bit more. By the way, tease for tomorrow, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, be in the other chair with me. That'll be fun. It's the first time I've ever gotten stem to stern solo dolo. I've always had guests hosts, so it's fun. Thanks for being with me. Here's a couple NFL thoughts from over the weekend. First of all, here we are. Every game, every team in the NFL is uh, 10 games into their collective seasons. So this is the time where you can really start to decipher what's going on. You know, who's, who's contenders, who's pretenders. You, a lot of times you can stack wins early, stack wins late. And a lot of times they're just they're, there's some fallacies there. I mean, like this year, for example, the NFC East is so bad that if you're one of the other divisions that gets to play the NFC East, you're going to have uh, probably a little bit of fool's gold in, within your record. So it takes a little longer to figure out if you're legit. But there's also at this time of year when you start going one way or the other. So we're going to do a little bit on my best and worst of the weekend, and then we're going to do a little bit on teams that we're, we have uh, either affirmations of that are, that are rising, that are fading, or that we still just don't know about. First of all, best of the weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs two-minute drill. My boss, who's a big sports fan, big Green Bay Packer fan, she calls me in her office today and she says, Coulter, Explain this to me. I know Aaron Rodgers is so great, but how come when he has the ball with two minutes left, it, it takes him, it's only like 50-50 that he's going to lead his team down a score or touchdown. But when Kansas City has the ball with two minutes left, Patrick Mahomes leads them down and they score every time. She said, why, if he can do it on the last drive of the game every time, why can't he just do it every time? I said, well, that's a it's a complicated question, but it doesn't belie the, no, the notion that Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback across the board. But when it comes down to clutch moments, He's absolutely the best in the league, and he does it again last night, Sunday night football, when the Kansas City Chiefs post a 34-31 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. They are 9-1 now atop the NFC West. Second best work, uh, best of the weekend. I've been hating on the Seahawks all year. I still think they have definitive weaknesses. I do. But I thought their gumption, their fortitude, step up on Thursday night, get that big win over the Arizona Cardinals, is what they needed. And honestly, given what their upcoming schedule is, I think it saved Seattle's season. They had to have it, and they got it, and they stayed a game ahead of everybody else in their division, dropped the Cardinals at 6-4. and four. They're a game ahead of the Rams in the win call. So the Seahawks, 7-3, and three, despite the, the record-setting bad secondary, despite the uh, holes on their offensive and defensive lines, they figured out a way to get it done. A huge win by Seattle. And stay tuned, even though we're not going to be on the air on Thursday or Friday for Thanksgiving, we will have our 12 for the 12s, presented by Dobie's Teriyaki here in Missoula, featuring Mike Dugar from The Athletic, breaking down the Seattle Seahawks. My best of the weekend, number three, it's Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. Hey, I know it's the Jets. I, I get it. But the Chargers got back on track, and maybe this is the one that maybe tips the, the scale in their favor. They're behind the eight ball. They're three and seven. 
I still think they're one of the more talented teams in the league. And I still think that Herbert is he's transcendent, man. He's a virtuoso. I was trying to think of who could I can compare this guy to. And honestly, the first guy that jumps in my mind is Aaron Rodgers, except for Herbert's bigger and more mobile. And I know that that's crazy. That's a lot of hyperbole to put on the kid. He's only halfway through his first NFL season. But I've been telling anybody and everybody that will listen since the first time I ever even saw this kid in high school, since the first time I ever even saw this kid live playing for Oregon, first time I ever saw him in person, the whole narrative that he has a weak arm is blasphemous. It's stupid. It's wrong. It was never true. He's got a rifle. He's an unbelievably smart kid. He's so good uh, mentally at diagnosing the game on the fly. He can throw on the run. And I'll tell you this, the 3-7 and seven record for the Chargers, the last person within that organization whose fault that is is Justin Herbert. I promise you that. Worst of the weekend, number one, Brian Flores and Tua Tagovailoa. Flores was getting so much praise for his handling of his star rookie quarterback. They started Ryan Fitzpatrick up until the bye. They sat him down despite having two straight victories going into the bye. They started Tua. Tua has not been that uh, that eye-opening by any means. He's been steady at best and you know, pretty irrelevant at worst. But Dolphins were 3-0 with him as the starter until yesterday, and then it all falls apart. 93% of the money in Vegas was on the Dolphins. That was the highest bet game of the year, one of the highest bet games of the or highest bet game of the week, excuse me, one of the highest bet games of the entire year. And instead, Denver comes out with a win and Tua Tagovailoa gets benched. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a move that sticks. I I, I don't. But if it does, if you're just going to have a quarterback carousel with a young quarterback like that, you mismanaged the whole thing in the first place. Should have stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And uh, I can't wait for Gus to get back because I, I know he'll have the same take as me. Second worst of the weekend, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings secondary. Secondary's been banged up. They're young. I get it. They got gashed by the Cowboys. You know the only thing the Cowboys can do is throw it to those receivers over the top, and Andy Dalton shouldn't be able to throw it over the top against anybody, but somehow they do, and somehow the Minnesota Vikings fall to the Dallas Cowboys 31-28. It's a horrific loss for the Vikings. The Vikings had such a a chance to gain subtraction, maybe make a run into the playoffs, and they they had these five winnable games in front of them when they were sitting there. At uh, at two and five, and they won a couple of them. They beat the Bears last week, but then they lose to the hapless Dallas Cowboys. And part of it's on the secondary, but those guys are young. The Vikings draft well, develop well in the back end, so I think that they'll be fine there. It's just the quarterback, man. Watching the lack of confidence. I mean, if you got all the confidence in the world in Patrick Mahomes to operate a two minute drill, then you should have zero confidence in the world. Honestly, my roommate was asking me. Who, who would you rather have less to operate a two-minute drill in the NFL than Kirk Cousins? The only quarterback I could come up with was Drew Locke and maybe Sam Darnold. Other than that, I'll take everybody. I'll take every starting quarterback in the National Football League over Kirk Cousins. And so that was my second worst of the weekend. My third worst of the weekend, and this one's brutal, man. Sometimes some things in life, it just when they seem too good to be true, it, it's such a gut punch when then everything all comes crashing down. Joe Burrow was one of the great stories in all of sports the last couple of years. A uh, kid who started his career at, L- at Ohio State and never could break through and then transfers, goes to LSU, has arguably the greatest college football season in the history of the college football, wins the Heisman, throws 60-plus touchdowns, becomes the number one overall pick, 
And then even though the Cincinnati Bengals wins have been car- hard to come by, Burrow has been nothing short of spectacular, and he's affirmed himself as one of the great young quarterback talents in the entire league. And then yesterday he gets rolled up on from behind and then up front, and the whole thing just goes bad, and his whole entire knee uh, I just – it was one of those injuries. It was so bad they wouldn't even show the replay. Just horrific. It makes me sick to my stomach even thinking about it. The kid is such a tremendous athlete. He's such a great leader. And I couldn't believe that's what happened. And they said he has not only a completely torn ACL, not only a completely torn MCL, but also, quote, significant structural damage. This is according to Adam Schefter, NFL insider. And so, I mean, man, I know that ACL surgeries have come a long way. And, and most guys, pro athletes, especially young ones, they bounce back in full force. But you just have to hope that this doesn't derail Joe Burrow's career because he, he does not deserve this. He's, he's done everything right. He's, by all accounts, a great leader, hard worker, good kid. And uh, it, it was just that was a really tough one to watch. And later on this week, we're going to get into some of our uh, teams that we've been affirmed. I'll tell you this, I'm affirmed with the Chiefs. I truly believe in the Chiefs, never that that, that ever wavered. But they're the team that's living up to the hype more than any other team in the NFL. I also truly believe in the Steelers as well. And there's a couple other teams we've got to get to, both rising, fading, and teams that we still don't know. But the two teams we still don't know the most about, in my opinion, play tonight. The Los Angeles Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs have looked like the best team in the NFC at times. Other times not. The Rams have looked like they can hang with anybody in the league. Other times not. Riley Corcoran in the chair with me, Coulter Nuanas, tomorrow, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Peace out. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.